0: My next guest is a former all pro defensive back as well as a Super Bowl champion. I want to welcome on Eric Davis. Eric week one is in the books. We got one more game. How, how excited are you for football?
1: I um, love it. Love it. Love real football. I'm not a fantasy guy. Um, I like the games and not the preseason to where there's no game planning. I like the, I like the chess match. I like the chess match that, that really that real football brings And I, um, that was great to see. You're watching the guys to get out there. You got the best players on the field going against the best competition at the highest level. It was good. It's was good. I was, I was good. Good football yesterday.
0: So you ready to give Jameis Winston the MVP or not yet?
1: Um, not yet, not but yet. he played well. He played well, and <laughs> which is now I'm on record. You can go back and check it. I put it on wax last year when everyone, because I, I was doing this weekly um, showdown, you know, to the fan base and freeport and New Orleans and all of this stuff. And I was so it was the Saints fan base that I was talking to, and they would get on every week and argue with me about Taysom Hill being the future of this franchise. And I'm like, guys, Taysom Hill is not your franchise quarterback it's going to be Jameis he's the only one on the roster that Sean Payton will remotely look at as a franchise quarterback and try to develop into it and I said reason being him is covering punts no one has no one they're asking him to block defensive ends they're asking him to run down on kickoffs no one is going to do that to their quarterback so I was like I already know what they think about him. so Jameis coming in number one I said this before no one gets drafted. No one. Now there, things may not work out. The player may not have the career that everyone expects, but no one gets drafted number one overall if they are void of talent. There are just too many really good talent evaluators in the NFL. It, the man was the first pick of the draft. He has talent. So now the question is, can you get him to do what's necessary to be consistent? And let's see if Sean can do it. So um week one it worked i'm not gonna give him the mvp yet but the man played well
0: apparently he's the he's he had five touchdowns yesterday and almost like 150 yeah. yards apparently no one's ever had five touchdowns with that few passing yards in history of the nfl which is insane well
1: uh, well, well the, the insane part about it is what everyone has forgotten the only way that happens is if your defense David. is giving you a short field you have to you have to get turnovers you have to get a short field you have to have a, you have to have complimentary ball putting you in position to where you only have to go 150 yards to score. So that's the part that's being overlooked. It was Green Bay just got whooped in every phase <laughs> of the game because if you can give up five touchdown passes, you're right, and, only a, and less than 150 yards of passing. Because you look at that, that's, that's going to be one of the best performances a pass defense is going to put up all year with today's rules. Yeah. Only 148 yards passing.
0: And then they paid That's the corner right after the game. He just cashed in.
1: <laughs> and who, I, who I've who I've i been saying forever, you know, being a 49er fan and then talking to those Saints fans, they were like, Lattimore sucks and Lattimore this. And I was like, I know a team that'll take him today. The man can play. So uh, good for him. I knew that was going to get worked out. Sean's no idiot.
0: What is more surprising to you that? 31 teams passed on a former Heisman Trophy winner number one overall pick in favor of other guys or that Jameis Winston played five years not being able to see down the field?
1: Um, what's more surprising? The more surprising part is the uh, is everyone passing on um, because you, there are guys on rosters that are horrible. Horrible. The, the 49ers had, um, behind Garoppolo last year, they had three guys on their roster that, that couldn't play anywhere. Uh, So uh, Jameis, like like I said, he's not void of talent. So to get that many people to not even say, I'll take a chance um, when they know they all would have drafted him, there's, there's not a GM in the league that would have needed a quarterback that would not have drafted him number one the year he came out. That's why you don't get fired if things don't work out if you're that GM, because everybody else would have selected him as well. Uh, so so I'm more surprised about that as opposed to him not seeing things and not understanding it because different guys kick in at different times. The preparation, understanding, l- learning to do the things that are necessary um, to become a better pro, you can't make a guy do that. Two, two things a coach can't do for you. Coach can't think for you. He can't make you play hard. They can yell and scream. They can do whatever. But those are two things as a professional athlete. How hard you want to play is on you. How much you plan on learning, how deep you're going to dive into understanding the matrix of football, that's on you. So um, that's that was the Jameis thing. And you see it in a lot of different play, players for different reasons. Cam Newton, I said for years, Cam problem, in my opinion, Cam never developed after his fourth, fifth year to lead. The same problems he has with his lower body, his footwork, his, his balance, his standing, um, you know, just hip angles, all that stuff. It, it's the same. He, unbelievable talent, unbelievable talent. He still possesses all that talent, but he's yeah. still sloppy. And so, so Jameis, that's the same thing. So I'm not surprised when it takes the guy longer to figure those things out, as opposed to other teams passing on the talent, because every coach always thinks he's smarter than the next. So they're always like, "Oh, I can fix him. I can fix him." So everybody's passing. Yeah, that was that was that's more surprising to me.
0: Um, do you think Tampa's on notice or you think they're like, all right, the, the defense played well?
1: Um, well, th- this is the thing about Tampa. You just have to look at the people that you have there. Um, you got a lot of, you got a lot of savvy veteran players, um, B.A. Um, I mean, he's just a good coach and he understands the, the vibe and the pulse of it. And then he's just that attack type guy, both sides of the ball. You got to look at what they have coaching there and the mindset Bruce Arian's mindset is, when all else fails, throw it deep. Throw it deep. I don't even care if it's Brady. Throw it deep. We're going to make a big play when all else fails. He always believes they got a big play in it. Defensively, uh, Todd Bowles, the defense, his defensive coordinator, who's a head coach in, in his mind. Todd Bowles is like, when all else fails, I'm going to blitz your ass. I'm going to, You're going to have to prove to me that you're tougher than me. I'm going to put a body on a body. I'm going to try to hit you in the beak. No quarterback likes getting hit in the beak. So (laughs) no player in general likes getting hit in the beak. I don't care who you are. So that's Todd's mentality. He has the type players that they can do it with. Uh, So uh, you say, put them on notice. I think they're looking at it the same way they look, uh, they approached it last year. We're going to take care of what we do. That's what good teams do, man. Good teams don't worry about the opponent. You set your standards, you have your level, and you got a guy in Brady that can, that understands that, has embraced that. So, yeah, Tampa, Tampa is not worried about anybody else. You're going to have to beat them because they're not going to beat themselves because that's all you get to control. I can't. I, you can't control your opponent, but you can do everything correct, every snap that you take. That's the approach of the coaches, of a lot of the main core players. That's the mindset. So, there. you're going to have to beat them. Um, and New Orleans knows that. The Panthers know that. Atlanta doesn't have a chance.
0: <laughs> what did they know? Kyle Pitts can catch the ball. What are they doing yesterday? You, were you watching that game at all? Um, I saw a little of it, and um, it wasn't even on red know... zone except for when Jalen Hurts was out there. That's the only time they uh, yeah. flipped red zone.
1: Yeah. Well, I yeah, I didn't even watch red zone yesterday. So, uh, but still, it you you know you know what's going on, and um, I, I don't I don't Atlanta is just it's the Falcons are just the Falcons man that's just who they are they were in my division I played against you know being with the Niners for six years then five years Carolina I played the the Falcons twice a year basically my entire career and just you know drummed them all the time that's what they do that's what they do I mean it's they're gonna have a good year and then they're gonna fall apart and and that's where they are right now um good players a lot of talented players, um, but you let Julio go, you lose a lot. You, you lose a lot of, it's a certain mentality that this team and a certain toughness that this team needs, especially when you start talking about the other teams in your division. You got the world You got the world champs in your division. That's the standard. It's really easy. That's the standard. If, if you want to win, you gotta build a team to beat those guys you're not planning on doing that this year and that's the way I would look at it if I was on that roster you're not planning on winning this year if you just got rid of Julio because you didn't make us better we didn't we didn't get better at the wide receiver position and I would think we need to have those type players to compete and beat that team because I got to plan on beating them three times that's the way you got to look at it so Atlanta is Atlanta
0: yeah <laughs> I want to ask about your Niners obviously they came out of the gate blazing but the final score doesn't really tell the full story of the game
1: yeah well um I, I hate garbage yards I, I hate when when teams do that because y- you you come out and you play the game a certain way I used to hate it on defense I used to hate it when we come out you get a lead you play the game a certain way and then they want to change the game plan now the things we've been doing the coverages, the blitzes, everything we've been doing, it works up until a certain point. And then now you wanna put us in prevent soft defenses and the guys start to eat up um, space and area. And then it's, it's also not what you practice all week long. Uh, so a lot of those type things can get ugly. I truly believe also um, the mindset of the guys change tremendously. When um, Jason Verrett got hurt, um, you know, they went through a lot of injuries and football players are going to get hurt and that's going to happen. But, you know, Raheem Mostert goes down. Um, I, I, I didn't expect him to play all the games anyway. Uh, that's how, but Jason Verrett, he's the number one corner. And the guy was, and I, I said it before last season that healthy He's as good as any corner in the league. And then he came back. He's the number one corner. It's part of the reason why they didn't re-sign Sherman. And I think that did sort of deflate them emotionally. Football is a very emotional game. Um, They're going to bounce back. They're going to respond. At the end of the day, they were playing the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are bad. It's a bad football team. The Niners are a good football team. They should be a good football team because they aren't rebuilding. Everybody just got hurt last year. It's a very good roster. It's a Super Bowl contending roster. They were supposed to beat the Detroit Lions. It's a road game, first game of the season. Detroit is, should be completely prepared for it. So it coming down to a close game doesn't bother me. They got the win. That was the most important thing. Um, and everything else, I kind of, we just kind of discussed, I think they'll be fine. The quarterback played well. You got some good wide receiver play. Uh, you got to work on your defensive run front, um, your run defense, but you also didn't have your big boy Ken Law in there. You, you were missing – your number one run stopper. Uh, so all, so with all of that happening, you still really dominated this game. You controlled the game, and you have you have reasons, not excuses, reasons as to why you didn't perform for sixty minutes. You're gonna have to play better against a good team. Fortunately, you were playing the Detroit Lions.
0: Do you think the locker room is split over who's gonna be the starting quarterback? Some guys want Trey. Some guys want Jimmy.
1: Um, no, no. You deal with professionals, guys. That always comes up, and and teams. Whenever you have two quarterbacks, you have this situation. Guys always get asked that question: like, is the locker room divided and all of these type things? Uh, do you have relations, different relationships with one guy than the other? Yes. Could you just be remotely closer and like, I'm gonna go drink beers with this dude and we're cool and we talk and I don't have that relationship with the other? Yes. Am I truly concerned with who they're going to put out there? That only comes into play if one guy sucks. If this guy sucks, I'm sorry about all the noise right now. I think the noise is possible. But if one guy if one guy can't play, then I'm concerned because I just want to win. Jimmy Garoppolo, what he did his job. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that everyone keeps freaking out about this, but if I'm a player in that locker room, Every time that dude's on the field, we win. This dude took me to the Super Bowl and he gets blamed for the loss of the Super Bowl. That wasn't his fault. You had the number two defense. The number two defense in the league that year gave up 21 points in seven minutes. You had a two score lead and they gave up 21 points. That's not his fault. The defense lost the game. He gave you a 21 10 lead halfway through the fourth quarter. Finish if you're the defense. The defense lost the game, so um, the locker room being divided. You, everybody knows what's going to happen. You don't win or lose a job in the NFL. You can't lose a job. Opportunities are given and taken. When they're ready to put Trey on the field, they're going to put him on the field. It doesn't even matter if he's ready or not. When they're ready to put him out there, they're going to put him out there. But as a, as a player, man, I got enough to worry about.
0: <laughs> I, do you do you I, think I Trey's ready? Do you think Trey's ready?
1: No, he's not ready. He's not ready. That's why he's not playing. I've said it the entire time. He's not, He Trey's not ready. Um, now, th- this is the thing. The only way you get better than an NFL player is to play. You can learn by watching, observing, um, seeing mistakes of others, listening to how coaches deal with things, being in the elements and the presence and the dealing with the fans and the road and the crowd noise and how refs, certain refs call games and, and, and the chess match, the ebb and flow, the adjustments, all these things you can learn from that but you don't get better until you play. Now, this is the issue. Do you want to reset the quarterback position, reset the window that you have open for a Super Bowl championship, or do you want to compete for that championship right now because you have a championship roster? You put in Trey, you're not winning a Super Bowl. You're not winning a Super Bowl with a rookie. You're you're just not. I don't care how talented that rookie is, because you're not going to get the best out of that rookie because there's just too many things you haven't seen. Even rookie head coaches are going to have a hard time. Look what Belichick did to um, McVay when they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he toyed with that. That offense was just doing all types of things. And they he, he toyed with them in the Super Bowl. They couldn't get a first down. Um, it, it's it's the league is very tough on rookies. And when you get to the playoffs, everything that you do and, and have done, they're going to have a book on it and they're not going to let you do it. So um, I talked to his head coach from college who knows him better than anyone, been being around him, recruited him, all this stuff. His college head coach said it to me that he needs to sit. He's not ready. The guy who drafted him and is his quarterback coach and his head coach the entire offseason, a whole preseason. He's not ready. But for some reason, everyone wants to say the guys who coached are coaching him. They don't know what they're talking about. So, so I believe them. When, when his coaches say he's not ready, I'm kind of like, OK, I, I be, that's what I go off of. The guys who were with him in the room, because uh, I can see the talent. I can see um, the physical ability. You can see him spin the ball. You see the size and the speed. But the thing that you have to evaluate a player on are the things that we don't get to see when we're not around him. How does this guy react when things are going well? How does he react when things are going poorly? How, how, how does he respond after a bad game? How does he respond after a good play, a good drive in a series during a game? How does he, how does he respond in bad plays? When, when everything was working perfectly in practice and none of it's working out here, how does he respond to those? When his teammates – or a defense, or they keep putting him in bad situations. How does he respond to that? All of these, all of these type things, when his coach is yelling at, us, all of these things come into when a guy is ready to play. And those are things I don't know because I'm not in the room with him every day. I'm not on the team, not in the locker room. His coaches say he's not ready. I, I kind of say because of the situation the Niners are in, where you have a team that can win it. Go with the quarterback that has proven that he can win games for you. And if the other guy, the youngster, starts to present himself into a position to where um, there's no choice, you got to put him on the field, that's a win-win in my opinion.
0: Can you rank the teams in the NFC West as of week one?
1: Mm. Who won the NFC West last year? I think it was, was it Seattle or Atlanta? I mean, I'm sorry, or the Rams.
0: I think, whoever, I think. I think with Seattle. You so know, remember, they're making a big deal. There's no fans.
1: You know what? I think. Oh, I, if if I had to rank them, I'm still gonna go with Seattle. I know everyone wants to throw the Rams up there. I'm gonna put Seattle. Then I'll put the Niners. Then I'll put the Rams. And then I'll put the Cardinals at the bottom. I still think you're cursed when you put that bird on the side of your head. But that's the way I would. That's the way I would rank them. I put the Niners in front of the Rams because the Rams and McVay as the head coach, he still hasn't figured out how to beat shanahan's teams he hadn't figured them out so even with a good squad and all those type things defense and and i i still put them there seattle regardless of their offensive line regardless of what you think about their defense regardless of anything you got the best quarterback in the division and i'm never going to bet against the best quarterback football is about quarterbacking the league is about quarterbacking and if you don't have one you can't win if you have one you're in every game that's why seattle's in every game um, and their whole mentality doesn't matter if they're behind, if they're ahead, if it's a close game, if it's a blowout, they expect to win. Um, and they've done it at a high rate. And so I, I, would, I would rank – that's the way I would rank them right now. Um, and that's just – and I'll just put it there because they all won. Once they start losing games, once we start seeing how they respond to that, we can change it. But that's that's where I put it.
0: You had a prediction for the game tonight?
1: Um, I'm playing the Raiders and uh, no, Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore, uh, Baltimore. I don't know, but I don't, I don't, don't even get in the spread. I've never been on a game in my life. I'm, I'm horrible yeah. against the spread. I'm finally playing a game where you have to pick them and, and, and they're basing it off of the spread.
0: Okay. And, like a oh, uh, money line, I, money line, just straight up.
1: Um, um, cause, cause I, so that's if we're just saying who wins the game. Yeah. Who's...
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So i even on that, I got into that deal and I think. I had to pick ten games. I think I won four of them um, because, but I picked the right team to win. It was just the spread thing. I, the spread I, I, screws I you
0: every time. Yeah, I don't. Spread. I don't
1: ever bet. I don't ever bet that. So, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Baltimore. I I don't think that the um. I want. I I'd, I'd like to see it and see what happens this year. But what's happening over there with Gruden? Um. When I look at when I look at the Raiders, I, I just think that Gruden has to advance his offense. Um, he's still running the offense that he ran before he left for a decade, and guys know it. The West Coast offense has advanced. I mean, what I, I mean, Andy Reid is running the West Coast offense. So is um, uh, Sean McVay. So is Kyle. But but it has advanced so much. You look in Green Bay, they're running the West Coast offense. I mean, we could go in Cleveland, but it has advanced so much. He's still running the pure form of the West Coast offense. And guys, defensively, guys just know about it. And athletically, the the mismatches that you were getting back then aren't the same. Getting a running back out on the linebacker right now is the advantage linebacker. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time, getting that running back, one-on-one in space on that linebacker was always, always the running back. But that that has changed now because of the way you can play football and the way the game and the rules have progressed. So that's why I I just, I I don't think that, I I just need to see him do more with the offense. I need to see more innovation in the offense before I'm going to, you know, go with the Raiders because I don't think they can sustain.
0: Do you think Lamar can ever turn into a pocket pass or do you think he's a finished product as of right now?
1: Does he have to? Why does he have to? That, I mean, that, just that, late,
0: late in the game, they're down eight. He's got the ball twenty seconds left. Are you confident?
1: Um, yeah, I'm confident that he can make nah. a play. Nah. the play. Every everyone keeps everyone keeps saying he has to be a pocket passer. Why? Why? It, Lamar Jackson is extremely effective. Lamar Jackson has done things thus far in the league that haven't been done. If you look at how he's been winning his his win percentages. You look at touchdown, the interception ratio, all the things that you judge these pocket passers off of, he's right there at the top. But because he doesn't do it in the traditional fashion, everyone keeps saying he needs to change how he plays. It's working. They're winning. Do you not think Baltimore is a legitimate contender? Do you not think this offense can legitimately get into the playoffs? Because if you can get into the playoffs, then you're a contender.
0: That's fair. That's fair. They're getting a a ton of injuries. And I want to ask you before I let you go. Yeah, they are. Your your alma mater shocked the Seminoles on Saturday. What was your reaction to that game?
1: I wasn't shocked. I was mad that they had lost a week before to UAB. I was getting ready to call my coach and complain to him, But I said, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I did. I picked up the phone like three or four times, getting ready to call Gross. And and I was like, nope, not going to do it. I talked to a few of the players, because I still stay in touch with them. I talked to a few of the players, and just told them how ugly it was, and, and like you know, and one of the guys called, and he was like, "Just give, tell me the truth." I was like, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry." I was like, "All oh, of you guys need to just just be embarrassed." And so this week coming back, um, uh, I was I was expecting them to be a little bit more sound, and the way they played it as the game went on, they kept it close. You know, that's the thing about football, man. It, 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 you don't you don't score by ones not baseball. You hit a home run in football. And if you're not, if you're giving a team a chance, then all you got to do is just have guys that can make some plays and they made a play at the end, big win for the program. i um, excited about it. Uh, I always expect the guys to compete when they, because they always compete when they go against these power five schools. Um, a few years ago, you should. I mean, you know, I'm. I'm finally. I'm glad we didn't go to overtime. I mean, you lose to Auburn in overtime. All these type things. Like, we 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 should have won that game in overtime. So finally, they got it. I mean, in regulation, and they finally got it done in regulation. They wanted to go to overtime, but I'm 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 happy for them. And um, I'm waiting for Prime. I'm waiting for Prime. Our next conversation, because um, I'm gonna get it.
0: Because <laughs> I, I wanted to bet. Because speaking, speaking of prime, they I know they played Tennessee State today. Those, those games you can't bet on those games. Somebody needs to fix that. There's no spread. Uh,
1: well, I, again, I don't bet. On I know. Game, I know so you don't bet. I don't know. I want to bet. Saying, i I, see, I didn't even know you couldn't bet on the game. I don't know. I I, I truly have never bet on a sporting event in my life not baseball football boxing racing i've never been on a sporting event so i don't no, i don't know how it works man
0: no yeah no it's it's wild and then can you plug your podcast so you can people can, t- people can uh, check it out
1: um believe in 49ers um believe b-l-e-a-v it's on the believe podcast network Um, am a part of the believe podcast network it's a football network though but so anywhere it's not just anywhere you listen to your pods anywhere you're checking things out Go find it. YouTube, anywhere. You listen to a pod, don't say you can't find me, but it's believe in 49ers podcast. Um, we we look we talk we talk about the league. We we actually talk about everything. We we have story time, we talk about world events, we talk about the rest of the league. Um, we try to get everything through the prism of the Niners when it's relevant, but ball is ball, and you know, and things are happening, you know, and then we're down here. I'm in L.A. And if my Giants beat up on the Dodgers, I, I, I feel comfortable talking about that as well. So, <laughs> so that's what that's that's what it is right there. So check it out. Um, and um, yeah, that, that's what I do. So we'll, we'll do that pod. And, and, um, and, you know, I always get on social media and try and go back and forth with the fans and see what they want to hear. Um, you know, on, on, on Twitter, I'll do a Q&A on there and, and you know, and get on do the lives just to talk to the guys and just see what they, what they actually care about. And that, that's what I try to try to do with it. I try to explain it the way we actually see it, as opposed to the way they sometimes want to report it on the network on ESPN. Just try to tell people the truth because sometimes that, it actually is the way it appears.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I got one last quick one for you. I didn't think about it before. Um, okay, let's pull it up right here. Um, Oh, yeah, so D'Amico Ryan's had his first game as a D coordinator uh-huh. yesterday. How do, you think he, how do you think he did?
1: They won. Fine. Like I said, you see what was going on. You see what was going on for the first three and a half quarters of that game, or the first three quarters. I think defensively the plan that they had um, was sound. He lost his number one corner. You lose your number one corner, a lot of things that you're going to do defensive-wise is going to be leaning on that guy. You're, you're going to build your defense around your strong players being successful. You're going to put the, the load of the duty on those guys. You lose that, you have to try to way to adjust. And then you have a game where you're trying to, it goes from attacking to um, maintaining. So you're going to play things differently. A learning process, first year coordinator, um, understanding the playbook, knowing the plays is different than calling them. and And game planning, it's completely different. So I think he did a good job. I'm not concerned about the defense at all. I'm not concerned about him having a good year like a lot of people were with Sala leaving because I, I tried to point out um, that Sala became a really good defensive coordinator when he got really good players in the room. If you got damn dudes in the room, it's amazing how much a better coach you are. D'Amico has really good players on the defensive side of the ball. I think he'll be okay. You
0: think they'll bring Sherman back?
1: Um, he knows the defense. It's going to be interesting. I don't know where everything is off the field. Yeah, that right was –
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, assuming that all clears up and he's available. If, all,
1: if, if all of that clears up and he's available, yeah. I would be I would be surprised if they didn't bring him back. I was hoping that they would bring him back the entire time, but I'd be like him to move to safety. Really? I I, per, I personally think – I've said it. I said it all last year. I think he could be – I think he'd be a Pro Bowl safety. Like I see him playing like the way Merton Hanks did. I think you could move him. He has he has the he has the understanding. He understands football. He understands he understands how you see the game from that perspective. So he could move from corner to safety. Um, he's fast enough to play corner. So I know he's fast enough to play safety. He has a big enough body. He's physical enough to deal with the pounding that that you have to deal with. And he's a playmaker. And the Niners are missing that in the middle of the field. They don't have, they don't have ball hawks in the middle of the field. I think he would just make their defense better. And I truly believe he could be, I think he could be as good as Merton Hanks was for us. Moving him, another guy that they moved from corner um, to safety. Now Merton, they moved because he was, I I joke him all the time. He would have had a short career if he had stayed at safety. I mean, at corner, he was not a corner. (laughs) (laughs) But, but. But we we know he he's one of the best safeties that that the league had during that era, and definitely one of the best safeties the Niners ever had. Um, great teammate, and I think Sherman could do the same thing. So I would I wouldn't be shocked if they brought him back, especially knowing that they need help at corner. Signing Josh Norman was a good thing. The signing forgot they got
0: Norman. That that kind of went way under the radar. They even yeah
1: yeah. So they they got him, and no, um, I don't think he's. I, I, the legend of Josh Norman. I saw him in DC. Yeah,
0: it's been a couple of years since he was well, well, Josh I mean, Norman. I,
1: I, well, I, well, I mean, truly being this, this is no shade, but Josh had one good year. I know. Josh, Josh had one, he had one, he had one great year. <laughs> Seriously, his entire I career. Know. His, I know. Previous, previously to that, he had gotten bitched three times. Then he had a really good year and then he left. And, um, and I mean, and that's it. And then he, so that's the thing. so I, can he come in? He's a solid bet. He understands football. Yes. He can help you out. He can do some good things for you, but he's not a guy that you build around. He's not going to be your number one guy. Um, and that's, and I mean, I, he had, he had one year where he was the number one guy and he, he played, he performed well that year, but yeah. I, I, it's, it's about consistency. So him being there helps. I want to see what the young guys are going to develop into. They have they have some young guys that seemingly look like they can make some plays for him. So we'll see how, how it all works out. So now D'Amico, now back to D'Amico, he will really see how he's going to make his adjustments and what type of coordinator he's going to be. Because now you're in the season. Your roster is what it is and you're going to have to make your adjustments based on what you have in that room. So let's see how, how it comes out starting next week.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm so happy football is back, but I do appreciate you taking the time and I'll, I'll redirect everybody so they can go check out Believe in 49ers, but I do appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes today.
1: All right, man. All
0: right. No problem. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much.